Uh, all right, so we got another Bible study today. We do. Okay. Um, if memory serves, uh, what we have is Judah in Lot fifty that mistakenly fucked somebody that was wed to one of his sons, but he didn't recognize her, and now we've got a whole nother litter of of, of fucking Jews to to chew <laughs> out of a goddamn story. Well, yeah, sort of. Um, it is kind of trailer parky. This whole um, this whole incestuous Genesis. This whole chapter is really interesting when it comes to family trees. It there are lots and lots of branches off of branches on these family trees. Uh, and and also circular fucking branches with all the goddamn incest that's going on here. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I've never seen a branch grow into itself, but goddamn it, if the Bible doesn't do that, <laughs> it does. It does. Well, hello, heathens. Welcome to another Bible study. Hi, y'all. And uh, today we are uh, going to be talking about, of course, uh, another lineage chapter, which we're going to briefly mention. And then we're going to start talking about Jacob, Judah, Joseph, or Jacob, Joseph, Judah, Mm -hmm. uh, just a whole bunch of fucking J's living in lot 50 and 49. At mm-hmm. the trailer park that is the Bible or the Old Testament, Genesis, G- Genesis trailer park. <laughs> you, they mean the same thing. Oh, do they? Yes, oh, Jerry I Springer. I mean, you could use any kind of multitude of like white trashy things here, oh. and it would work. Oh, okay. Because I mean, this is like white trash handbook here. I mean, if you really think about it, <laughs> I, I swear you could base Jerry Springer or Montel Williams around this whole mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. And like you could have you could have fucking Judah dancing up on stage like it ain't my baby and then making it rain, you know, shekels. It's funny. We're going to talk about shekels. Somebody gets sold. Somebody gets sold for eight ounces of silver. It's great. Eight ounces. Yeah. God, like, what is that? That's like that's 20 like shekels. 20. It's 20 shekels. Mm-hmm. But they use eight ounces. Like, how much is this? No, no, eight they ounces? say 20 shekels. I just oh, okay. I did the conversion for you. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say it's like how many how much is that? Eight ounces of shekels? Well no, fuck, why don't you <laughs> twenty shekels. Okay. Well yeah. let's let's go let's blow past the uh the lineage stuff and then let's get into the meatier, juicier semen spilling stuff. Well, so I'm gonna tell you though first about Genesis chapter thirty six, which is uh the record of the Edomites. So the Edomites are Esau's um family their yeah. their Esau's line and in, in, in case you guys have forgotten that's the Chewbacca line of yeah the of red stuff. hairy motherfucker yeah okay so it's important to talk about the Edomites because um they actually become pretty powerful a pretty powerful family um but they are in opposition of God's chosen people right um Jacob's line um and they have they they basically become a symbol of hostility um and unbelief in in God um so it's just important to mention them because they have they become they become very large a very large population of people um they ha Esau has three wives um if you didn't re- recall that um and he has lots of sons, lots of grandsons, all of their sons. It's crazy. It's a lot of people and they become kings 
And so they're very power. It's a very powerful family. It's, um, it's like the mafia, but you know, biblical, <laughs> but the whole, I, we really just don't need to go through it. Trust me. You don't want to. It's a bunch of names. Um, who married who and whose concubines bore who and like it's just it's ridiculous and boring it's the entire chapter of genesis 36 and if you want to read it please feel free to go check that out on your own time and and just for reference here this is the ultra scientific way that ken ham dates the earth not not radioactive decay Mm-mm. not not any kind of scientific standard he reads words in a book and then calculates approximately how long these fucks would have lived right. based on how far apart the begats are <laughs> yeah <laughs> a dumb fuck one begat dumb fuck two and that was about 60 years so we can just tack on 60 more years to the earth's life and then boom that's how we get 6,000 years any more questions, class? But Answers in Genesis did have um, a pretty big role in uh, the movie. Um, is Genesis history or what is it? What oh, is that movie fuck called? That movie. I fell asleep like after about thirty <laughs> minutes. Like I, I'm, I'm surprised I last that long because uh, considering you watch the movie and you legit get cancer. Well, it's interesting because they they come across these Answers in Genesis people come across like. They sound, if you don't know any better, okay, if you don't know better, they sound smart. They come across sounding smart in that they use kind of scientific terms, but they never actually provide any evidence. They talk a lot about um, paleontology and um, geology, and they use the sciences brilliantly in this film for someone who wants to believe in young earth theory. Yeah, this this confirms that for them because it doesn't it doesn't provide evidence. But the way that they talk about it, it's just very interesting how it's presented. Yeah. But, you know, they present it in such a way where they don't actually lay out everything that they think, because like if they were to lay out everything that they think before each little segment, they would be they would start off like, now, listen. Shit worked differently back before we started recording shit down, okay? Uh, you know, like, layers upon layers formed quickly. Now they form slow. And that's <laughs> that's just a fact of God and nature. Well, the reason that they say that the layers of sediment formed quickly um, within a matter of hours or days um, was the receding of the Great Flood. So that's that's when they say that happened. That's when they say the Grand Canyon was formed mm. um, and that there is no evidence that these things took m- millions and millions of years. D- despite that you can, uh, you know, we've, we've been able to see, you know, water erosion uh, through rivers and lakes and all that other stuff that we could we could see. We, we've we've been recording long enough to actually see this stuff actually take effect and how long it actually takes. Right. But their their argument is that, yes, that may be so. However, there was a point in time where it wasn't a little bit of water over a long period of time. It was a lot of water over a short period of time. Look, I don't care if God took out his dick and pissed on the earth directly <laughs> for 40 fucking years. Uh, I mean, there's there's no way that any amount of water that you put on the earth is going to erode the Grand Canyon in a matter of a year. 
Right. Like, like it would have to be a powerful stream of piss concentra- concentrated <laughs> directly down that line of path for it. And God would have to have the, the laser precision of one of those, uh, you know, you know, they actually have water jet cutters. Yeah. Where they highly pressurize the water. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what God's dick is in this instance. <laughs> he has he he has a cutout of the Grand Canyon. He's just like, well, I've got a car of the Grand Canyon today with my pencil dick hyper pressurized piss. You know, this is a really weird conversation, and we are way off topic, right? Yep. Okay, so let's get to <laughs> Jacob, who is now named Israel, and you'll hear him referred to as both throughout. I don't know why they go back and forth between Jacob and Israel, but just uh just so you all can keep it straight, Jacob, Israel, same person. So we're going to go through some of his family history. Yeah. In case, in case you guys forgot, he naked wrestled with God and then God's like, now you're Israel, bitch. <laughs> like anybody that can power slam me into anal sex, I just <laughs> have to give the name Israel. Yeah. That was a really weird part. That that was a really weird um, verse there. Um, they don't really talk a whole lot about Jacob's family. Um, but we start off Genesis chapter 37 talking about Joseph, who is the youngest of Jacob's sons. He was uh, Jacob's favorite um, because he was born so late in, jo- in um, Jacob's life. He becomes his favorite. Plus, he tattletales on his brothers um, and and his father's wives. Uh, well, you know, uh, Joseph Tattletales, because mm-hmm. that makes a whole lot of fucking sense as to why his ass gets sold into slavery. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> spoiler. Spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> well, so um, Joseph made a richly ornamented ornamented robe for uh, Joseph. And when his brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than any of the rest of them, they hated him and were really, really mean to him. And if if you recall, I'm pretty sure that, that jealousy is one of the seven deadly sins. Am I, am I right? Envy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, these are God's people. Mind you, these are God's people. This is the line of God's people. Edom's people, fuck them. E- or Esau's, you know, the Edomites, Esau's p- family, fuck those people. These are God's people. So we're going to hear a little bit about how God's people act. Um, Joseph had a dream um, and he told his brothers about his dream. Um, And when he told them, they hated him even more because he said, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Wait, wait, sheaves? Sheaves, yeah, his... Um, well, what's a sheave? Well, I mean, like, is it like a sheep? No, it's like the it's like a, a bale, I guess, like a bale of hay or grain, like a bale of grain. Oh, okay, so basically, uh, okay, I, I like get Like a it. bunch, so like it's, a... It's just a bundle of... Why, they got to use all these goddamn big-ass words in the Bible. Christians aren't going to understand what a sheaf is. Well, it's like, sheaf, what is that? Is that some kind of homo-gay thing? <laughs> I don't think they're going to say that. I don't know. I don't understand that. That sounds homo-gay. But so his sheaf of grain stood upright, and all of the his brother's sheaves of grain bowed down to his. So his brothers got pretty pissed and they're like, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he said. 
Well, so Joseph had another dream and again decided to tell his brothers, listen, he said, I had another dream and this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. And uh, when he told his father and his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? His brothers were very jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. So I don't know. I guess if you have these crazy dreams where you're like, I don't know, it's very egotistical. And because he was already the favorite and his dad treated him different, I just don't see like why you can't keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I, I, it may be just naive Jewish boy kind of thing going on here. I mean, it, I mean, they've got to be naive. I mean, they, they're like, well, look, cutting the tip of your dicks off normal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any normal person would be like, say what again? <laughs> cutting, cutting the tip of my dick off. You can go and fuck off a cliff, buddy. <laughs> but, but they managed to, to trick them into it. But uh, yeah, I mean, those, uh, those dreams seem to indicate that he would be some kind of massive ruler. I don't, I don't know why he would want to lord over them like that. Like, it seems like something you would say afterwards, you know, like, well, like, <laughs> well, yeah. And maybe it's because they treated him so poorly, um, his whole life. I mean, at this point in the story, Joseph is 17. Um, so maybe it's because they've, they've treated him badly. He was the youngest by, by a significant, um, number of years. Maybe he just wanted to be like, fuck y'all one day y'all bow down to me. You know what I mean? Like a, like a, I guess so, but again, moral of the story is don't lord over people when you don't have shit to lord over yet. Right. Like that's the same basic principle of don't count your hit, uh, chickens before the eggs hatch. Right. You know, you might have some duds in there, and apparently there were enough duds in Joseph's pile to get to get him fucked hard. Yeah. Anyways, well, go ahead. I'm not going to spoil it again. <laughs> So Jacob sent Joseph to check on his brothers. Um, his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem. Okay, so Israel, Jacob, said to Joseph, as you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come, I am going to send you to them. Um, Very well, he replied. So he said to him, go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks and bring word back to me. And then he sent him off from the valley of Hebron. So he knows that if like earlier in the earlier in the chapter, um, he takes his father a bad report about his wives and his brothers. I don't know what the bad report was about, but he's a snitch. So his dad is sending him out to look at him. Check them out. See what's going on. Snitches get stitches, you bitches. <laughs> so when Joseph arrived at Shechem, a man found him wandering around in the fields and asked him, what are you looking for? Um, and Joseph said, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they are grazing their flocks? And the man said, they've moved on from here. I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them. But as Joseph was coming upon them, the brothers saw him in the distance and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Plot thickens. Yeah. Um, here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him in one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. And w the, then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Well, I guess fucking nothing if he'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> let's see what comes of his dreams. Oh, shit. I can't dream when I'm dead, bitch. 
Well, so then Reuben, one of his brothers, uh, heard this and tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Just throw him into the cistern here in the desert. Don't lay a hand on him. Um, and Reuben said this so that they he, that later he could come back and rescue him and take him back to their father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the you know the richly ornamented one that that uh, Jacob Israel made for him, um, and they took him and threw him in the cistern. The cistern was empty and there was no water in it. The brothers decided to sit down and have a meal before they went on home. And they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay a hand on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And the brothers agreed. Wait, wait, wait. So Judah, no, Reuben is the one that's like, hey, let's just prank him and put him in the cistern. And then we could just yell, just prank, bro. Well, not prank him. The other brothers didn't know that Reuben intended to come back for him. Oh. That was a secret plot that Reuben had to save his life. Right. Okay. And then Judah is in, comes in behind him. Is like, well, you know, would be better, guys. Let's sell his ass into slavery. It'll be great. It'll okay. get a million views on you <laughs> on RockTube, whatever. <laughs> right. When the merchants came by, the brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for twenty shekels. Uh, of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him into Egypt. Yeah, isn't that like less than what you could rape a bitch for? I think that is yeah, less. Yeah, 50 shekels. 50 shekels to rape a bitch or mm -hmm. 20 to buy to sell your brother. Well, I mean, or, they weren't trying to make money. They were just like, here, take this asshole. <laughs> Here's a bargain. It's mm -hmm. 20 shekels. <laughs> you can either do this or spend more to go fuck a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph wasn't there. Um, he tore his clothes. He went back to the brothers and said, the boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? So they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, dipped the robe in their blood. Or in, <laughs> as, in the goat's blood. As, as you do, as any normal person would do when stealing stuff. Like, can you imagine now it's like somebody steals like bubble gum? Well, they're not <laughs> stealing anything. Well, they stole his robe. Well, they didn't. St I mean, they ripped it off of his body. It was their brothers. I mean, they didn't. <laughs> well, yeah, they just ripped it off of his body and sold him into slavery. They didn't steal nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you make it sound like they just took his clothes, like which I mean they did, but like they didn't. No, they, they took his clothes and sold really him into slavery. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, they took the robe back to the father and they said, and they said, we found this, examine it on, to see whether it's your son's robe. Obviously, Jacob Israel recognizes it and he says, this is, this is my son's. Um, some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. So then Jacob tore his clothes, put on a sackcloth, and mourned for his son for many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I'm in mourning and I will go down to the grave to my son. And so his father wept for him. Meanwhile, um, the Medinites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, 
one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. So Joseph now becomes a slave in an Egyptian household. I wonder if this has any kind of connection with Moses later on. I don't know. Put a, put a pin in that until later. <laughs> um, so that is the end of Genesis chapter 37. All right. Yeah. So we can move on to Genesis chapter 38, which is about another son, Judah. We already kind of talked about him. Um, so now in Genesis chapter 38, we're going to talk about Judah. Okay. So at this time, Judah left his brothers and went down to stay with a man of Adalam named Hira. There Judah met the daughter of a Canaanite man named Shua. He married her and lay with her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son who was named Ur. She then conceived again and gave birth to another son and named him Onan. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know Ur. Ur got you before because remember we've had that we've had that name show up before. Ur. Ur. It's like what are, what are you going to name our son? Ur. That's perfect. Ur. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like the um it was it was a uh, foreign uh, mother who who had uh, her child in, in America when she was uh, an immigrant and uh, she couldn't really speak a lot of English. And so it's like, well, what are you going to name your baby? Usnavi. Why, why Usnavi? Like, what the fuck is that? It's like, those were the first, you know, things we saw here in America. It's U.S. Navy. That is like, that's like one of those stories about where she had a, tray from the hospital and it had lemon jello and she named her kid Lamangelo. Lamangelo. <laughs> <laughs> it probably isn't like a true story. I'm probably just saying that, that that's what it feels like here. It's like, oh, what are you going to name him? Er. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> don't, don't try to put any more thought into it there. Got you, fam. <laughs> yeah, I've heard the story where um, the mother names, she had twins and she named them Lamangelo and Orangelo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not real. Um, but so, yes, Er. OK, the second son is Onan. She gave birth to still another son and named him. Oh, it, it's probably Shala, but it looks like Sheila. S-H-E-L-A-H. Sheila. Shala is her Shala. name for now. From now his, on, it's Shala. His name. Or, Sh- or oh, OK, his name can be Sheila. Sherry. Sherry. <laughs> Sherry, get over here. Dad, why you got to call me Sherry all the time? I'm not a girl. <laughs> You're a girl in my eyes, boy. Weird. Judah found a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. But Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the Lord's sight, so the Lord put him to death. Holy fuck. Right? <laughs> boy, boy, you wicked. I'm going to strike your ass down and send you on to Sheol. Well, you know, it's funny is we have no idea why he was just wicked in the Lord's sight. And who the fuck knows what that means? Nobody really knows what that means. Um, uh, remember, if you're wicked in the Lord's sight, you're risking getting struck down for nothing. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, now um, Ur is dead and has a wife, Tamar. So um, now, now wait. So first Ur's son dies and then he dies? No, Ur is the one that died. Oh, Judah's son. Oh, Ur. oh, okay. So Judah, Ur, Ur is the one that died. He was wicked, so he got struck dead. Right. So okay. Judah said to Onan, his second son, lie with your brother's wife and fulfill your duty to her as a brother-in-law to produce offspring for your brother. But Onan knew that the offspring would not be his. So whenever he lay with his brother's wife, he spilled his semen on the ground to keep from producing offspring for his brother. 
what he did was wicked in the Lord's sight, so he put him to death also. Okay, so what, and and, and there's actually a lot of contention with this, because you'll have a lot of people that, that are like, look, you spill your seed on the ground, and God's going to strike you dead. Uh, not, not only atheists make this argument uh, using this passage, but uh, there are plenty of Christians that use this passage as well to say things like, condoms are sinful catholics catholics mainly the catholic church is really big into no birth control no condoms no no birth control period and this is one of the instances yes that points to it yes uh so it's not just atheists that that make this point that you know god will strike you dead for for not impregnating a woman um or or that you know sex is only for um procreation procreation right uh plenty of plenty of uh religious or christians out there make this this particular uh, argument using this passage but then you'll have the other side of the the christian divide there uh that say that this is actually he was struck dead because um he disobeyed god's order or disobeyed something that god told him to do and because he disobeyed well, God didn't tell him. Dead. God didn't tell him to do anything. Well, no, but it's it's his kind father of a, did. Well, his father did, but it's it's because he didn't obey his father or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's the other way that that people could use this to argue for, you know. Well, here like here's what I find interesting is that it was his at, at this time this was totally normal. It was his obligation to his brother, who died, to take his wife care for her and have offspring for his brother. So the offspring that he has with his brother's wife would be considered his brother's and not his own, which is why he did this because at this point in time, Onan did not have a wife of his own. So this was his brother's wife. So he wanted a family of his own, which is why he did this because he didn't want to bear his brother's family he wanted his own and these children would not be considered his children they would be considered his brother's children well i mean would he have had to have taken care of the children yeah absolutely okay then yeah i don't know i i I mean i i might have impregnated or been like but bitch these are my kids okay (laughs) well that's just not how it worked in that society yeah so it's interesting because now tamar poor girl um, she's married to apparently evil men who God has struck down and, um, now she's a widow. Uh Oh, right. No, no, it's not good to be a widow in the Bible. Widows in the Bible, they do not fare well <laughs> because so, you're, you're pretty much property and therefore you don't have any rights. So the fuck are you going to do? Right. Well, I mean, they're property anyway, no matter what they are. And, but so Judah tells his daughter-in-law, uh, Tamar, live as a widow in your father's home until my son, Sheila, uh, grows up, Sherry, whatever we're going to call him. Um, and then, and then Tamar's like, listen, I ain't no lesbo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not marrying Shelly. Okay. Or Sherry, whatever the fuck her name is. <laughs> well, so, Shayla is probably, uh, it will obviously too young to take a wife. So she's just supposed to wait for him and then marry a a child who is significantly younger than her. Right. Um, when at whatever point that he's ready. Um, so after a long time, uh, Judah's wife, 
the daughter of Shua, the one that Judah was married to, she died. Um, and when he recovered from his grief, he went up to Timnah uh, to the men who were shearing his sheep um, and his friend Hira went with them uh, or went with him. When Tamar was told, your father-in-law is on his way to Timnah to shear his sheep, she took off her widow's clothes, which I'm guessing she was required to wear all black. Or, I don't know what something. widow's clothes Pro- are. Probably head coverings too, because, you know, in that way, the Bible and Islam are the same. Yes, they are. Um, so she covered herself. So she took off her widow's clothes, covered herself with a veil to disguise herself, because, you know, that always works. Um, and then sat down to the entrance of Enam, which is on the road to Timnah. For she saw that though Sheila had now grown up, she had not been given to him as a wife. So she was pissed because the guy's old enough to marry now and she still has to remain a widow in her father's home. Okay. Okay. So when Judah saw her, uh, he thought that she was a prostitute for she had covered her face, uh, not realizing that she wasn't his, not realizing that she was his daughter-in-law. He went over to her by the roadside and said, come now, let me sleep with you. Well, okay. So I guess considering these are God's chosen people, it's just fine to go and fuck prostitutes now. As long as you pay them the fair price. Yeah. <laughs> okay, God, hearing you, which um, I think that the, this particular instance right here of Judah, you know, uh, sleeping with um, um, Tamar, mm-hmm. uh, I'm wanting to say that this particular uh, story is is another one of those things that preachers often like to use in order to blame women for uh, inciting um, uh, lust in other men. Yeah. Like uh, through their clothes and all that other kind of stuff, which... I don't have to reiterate here, but that's ridiculous. <laughs> if if a man can't control himself, that's his problem. It's not the problem of the woman. Right. Okay. Uh, no amount of clothing or no amount of no clothing ever <laughs> should be to blame for a man raping you or for luring a man uh, into a prostitution. What? Thing. I mean, do you see that short skirt? She's asking for it. <laughs> <laughs> Obvious joke. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so this right here uh, is, is one of those instances where they they like to use it to say, "Hey, women cause lust and and other and and men, and cause them to stray from God's path." Well, so the the thing is, God doesn't get mad about any of this. God has no problems with any of this. So God God is like, I don't know. What's interesting about Genesis and probably throughout the rest of the Bible, we'll see as we get through it. Um, is that God like pops in and out. Like there will be a long time where God's just not a thing. I mean, not that he's not, they're not worshiping him or whatever, but God's not present. Right. And then all of a sudden God will be there for something and then it'll go away again. Well, yeah. I mean, he's got to recover from that, you know, massive pounding that Israel gave him before. (laughs) I mean, he body slammed him into the anal position. So they wrestled for an entire night. That mean they wrestled. fucked the enti- yeah wrestled. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, there's no way two men totally buck naked are wrestling in the desert all night long. One of them's fucking the other in the ass at some point. <laughs> My freshman English teacher, um, she she called it playing checkers. 
what uh, gay anal sex no oh. just sex in general playing checkers <laughs> Play, playing checkers girl i played checkers so hard last night Woo, <laughs> i broke the bed <laughs> why are you playing checkers on the bed bitch <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know um so but oh i, I do also have to remark sorry before before okay. we continue okay he doesn't recognize his own daughter-in-law. No, that's married two of his sons. No, it, 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 uh, you know that they would have been at the trailer park, like barbecue on Sundays. Like you know, those two would have known each other, and and he, like no, like, like ten years could have passed. What the fuck mm-hmm. ever? A person's physical, like their face and whatnot. Well, uh, she covered able- her face with a veil. Yeah, but when you fuck, are, like, did she have it covered the entire time? Like, did he fucking fuck? Did, did he fucking fuck? Um, did he fuck a trash bag or something like that? Just like, all right, just bend over, open up the hole, and I'll stick it in. Like, well, I is mean, that what he could he could have done her from behind, and then he wouldn't have seen like her face. She could have she could have positioned herself so he couldn't see her face. If I mean, if it mattered that much to her, I'm not really sure. Here's the point. I'm not really sure why she felt the need to have sex with him. Like, I don't understand why that was the thing. Like, I'm going to I'm going to get you back for not giving me to your son. I'm going to let you fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) Another another instance of a Jew Jewing themselves out of a deal. (laughs) I I don't understand how that's revenge or whatever, but fine well it's kind of like with abraham he didn't know he didn't know how to how to uh heckle with, with the guy or not heckle but um uh bargain or whatever mm-hmm. uh with, with the guy because he just kept going you up in price last time when we did that too. i know i always say heckle it's not heckle it's it's a uh, haggle. haggle haggle what the mm-hmm. fuck why do i want to mix those two up god damn it i don't know you're thinking about shekels i know shekel shekel heckle <laughs> i'll pay you 50 shekels to heckle that motherfucker <laughs> so Anyway, he says, come now, let me sleep with you. And she says, what will you give me to sleep with you? And he says, I'll send you a young goat from my flock. So wait, do you mean a young goat or Sherry? (laughs) (laughs) And so she says, uh, will you give me something as a pledge until you send it? Here's my seed. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, well, what pledge shall I give you? And she said, your seal and its cord and the staff in your hand. So he gave them to her, slept with her, and she became pregnant by him. After she left, she took off her veil and put on her widow's clothes again. So she took his seal and his cord. So like the seal that he wears around his neck and his and his um his rod, his um Yeah, she took his rod. <laughs> Come on now, man. I was his, his, the fuck staff. staff. Thank you. Thank just, you. Just like the infection that she got. <laughs> so anyway, Judah um, sent the young goat by his friend, a Dulamite, in order to get his pledge back from the woman. But his friend couldn't find her. Um, He asked the men who lived there, where is that shrine prostitute who was beside the road? And they said, there hasn't been any prostitute here. So he... (laughs) We would know if there was a prostitute here. We come out here all the time looking for these prostitutes. (laughs) And I ain't seen... I've always got to go down the road. (laughs) Into the trailer park, like down the street and across the side. Yeah, you can't do business where you live at. Otherwise, the police will know where you are. 
Well, not just the police, but the women's, the other women's are going to find out. Oh, yeah. You don't want to become pregnant with, you know, Sheila's uh, uh, husband. I mean, she'll recognize that little shit running around the yard anytime. <laughs> it's like, that little fight looks just like you. <laughs> so No, we don't. So they said there hasn't been any prostitute here. So Judah said, whatever, let her keep what she has or we will become a laughing stock. After all, I did send her this young goat, but you didn't find her. So he doesn't want anybody anybody to know what he's done, that he's taken a prostitute. I, look, I don't want anybody to know that I've been fucking prostitutes, but um, yeah, just keep it on the DL for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, so about three months later, Judah was told your daughter-in-law, Tamar, is guilty of prostitution. And as a result, she is now pregnant. Guilty of prostitution. So apparently it was against the law, but like... I, I don't I don't well, know they I'm, were in. well I'm wondering if maybe like guilty of prostitution just means that like like she prostituted and it was like she's guilty by the Lord well, or whatever yeah, well yeah because I, I think that at least in Jewish culture uh, well I don't know about this time but in Jewish culture you know they would have they would have drug her out and like stoned her for prostitution you know, well sleeping. so here's Judah's perfectly rational response to finding out this information. Okay. Uh, bring her out and have her burned to death. Holy fuck, I called it. God <laughs> damn it. Except it's not stoning, it's burn, burning her Burned to death, yeah. Trade her like a witch. Uh, I mean, bitch. <laughs> I said bitch, guys. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so as she was being brought out, she sent a message to her father-in-law. I am pregnant by the man who owns these, she said. And she added, see if you recognize whose seal and cord and staff these are. So she still had those things. Judah recognized them, obviously, because they were his. He said... She is more righteous than I, since I wouldn't give her to my son, Shayla. And um, he, he didn't sleep with her again, which I guess is, you know. But he didn't kill her either. <laughs> but he didn't kill her either. You got you to gotta add that in there. Yeah. But uh, I do like the fact that he, he is also guilty of partaking in prostitution. Yes. In, in the economy of prostitution well, he's and whatnot. Not, yeah, he's, he's guilty of soliciting. Right. Right. And so, like, I, I like how it's immediate. That it's like, bring her out and burn her at the stake. <laughs> but, but then, you know, him. I mean, of course, he's just exempt from. It. Like, it's okay if he does it. Well, he's but, a man. Of course, it's okay uh, if he does it. I know. Uh, hashtag patriarchy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when the time came for Tamar to give birth, uh, she had twin boys. As she was giving birth, one of them put out his hand. So the midwife took a scarlet thread and tied it on his wrist and said, this one came out first, I guess, so they could just keep him straight. Um, but he drew back his hand and his brother came out first. Um, so the firstborn was named Perez, which apparently means breaking out. And the brother who had the scarlet thread on his wrist came out and was given the name Zara. And Zara means scarlet or brightness. Mm, okay. So now this story might seem a little insignificant, but what's important to note here is that through the line of Jacob or Israel to Judah and through Perez, this Tamar and, and Judah's son, um, will come the Messiah. Oh. So Jesus comes of this line. 
of super godly people who partake in prostitution, spilling their seed, those sons of bitches, um, killing women for, you know, sleeping with somebody and all, all, all kinds of, you know, crazy things, selling people off into slave, selling siblings off into slavery. Um, but before you s- sold them off into slavery, you were planning to kill them because you were jealous of them. These are God's people, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's, it's, it's no wonder you've got people that make, make fun of Jews um, for, <laughs> for being all Jewy. I mean, it's not just Jews. These are, I mean, when you, it, these people are all Jews in the Bible, obviously these people are Jews. Well, not all of them. Cause we've talked about, you know, like Esau's descendants they aren't jews um but i mean this is this is is a christian holy book here man this is genesis is one of the five books of moses the five books of moses are shared between um well between the abrahamic religions so you have judaism christian christianity and islam and these stories are in all three right well you know what, what what i love here about all of this is that like you know how we were talking about the creationists at first and how they use special pleading to say, well, shit happened differently, you know, before the flood and even directly after the flood shit just worked differently back then than it does now. Um, And it's, it seems to be oddly enough, it parallels how they view the Bible too, because they just say, well, shit worked differently back then with God, even Mm -hmm. though God through Jesus Christ says that he is unchanging, that he is Mm -hmm. the same in the past, present and in the future. And that Jesus did not come to abolish the old law. He came to uphold it. Right. And Mm -hmm. so uh, to me, that says that God is definitely okay with selling your siblings into slavery when they're pompous jackasses. (laughs) Um, uh, Another thing is, is that, um, you know, you can definitely prostitute yourself as long as to, as it's to your (laughs) father-in-law after you're a widow. Twice. Yeah, twice. Because, twice widowed. Well, because God killed both of her husbands. Right. So, like, that was cool, too. And when they say that, you know, they have a loving and merciful God who just kills people, for one, we have no idea why. The first guy, we don't even have any. And these are not the first two people that God have killed in the Bible. No. And then the second one preferred facials to actually cream pies. No. <laughs> That's not what the, no. facials. Not yes, facials. facials. Not facials. He spilled his seed on the ground. Because he did ground face, it's the same thing to them back then. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. Oh, you think that he was like, yeah, I'm just gonna come on the ground here. No, nah, he got tricky with it. Like, uh, I bet you he got tricky with it a couple times. I was like, you know, I've really been just jerking off on the ground here. Can, can I? Can I? Like, I don't know. Let me. Let me come on your face. What? <laughs> <sighs> All right. <laughs> so I think the important thing to remember here is that as we've been going through Genesis and we'll continue on, you're going to see that this, that these books of Moses in Genesis in particular, um, so far it really lays the foundation for Christian morality. And while there are things that change based on the new Testament and based on Jesus and, you know, their, the whole idea of a savior, um, there are, there are things that change. But the basic foundation of morality does not change the whole like we were talking about earlier, the whole idea of spilling your seed being sinful is still a thing in the Catholic Church. And it's still a thing in other churches, too. This is this is not an uncommon belief to hold for Abrahamic religion 
people who are religious to the Abrahamic ones. So, you know, it's, and we've seen that we've we've seen that throughout as we've been reading that the foundation the this is the foundation right here is right from the beginning where we get the foundation of morality in Christianity. Right. And that morality is pretty fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but but apparently it got objective as, as all fuck later on. And so now it's wrong to murder people, even though God himself murders a motherfucker whenever he feels like it. But then you'll have Christians that be like, well, God can do that because he's always good. Motherfucker, what? Yeah. It's, I mean, they're just uh, apologetic. Time, yeah. T- time for our catchphrase. Um, the fuck? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. So that was it for today, right? So wh- yes. what's what's next time? Um, let me see, because I haven't really looked for past this. Um, we're gonna talk about um Joseph, the Egyptian ruler. Okay, so Joseph, we talked about, got sold into, um, well, di- he didn't get sold to the Egyptians initially. He got sold to the merchants who the sold Ishmaelites. Him. Yes. You remember Ishmael, that fuck? Ishmaelites, yes. Got sold to Ishmaelites, and the Ishmaelites sold him to the Egyptians. So now we're going to go back and we're going to talk about um, what happens to Joseph in Egypt. Um, and we're going to talk about that a lot. And eventually what's interesting is that Joseph is made a ruler. Mm. Yeah. So it's weird how he, how he comes from, um, being sold into slavery there into being a ruler. Uh, you, you, you know, you know what, considering mm-hmm. that the Egyptians and whatnot and Egyptians are notoriously known for subjecting the Jews to shit. Yes. Kind of odd how, how he had these dreams and they're like, fuck you and your dreams. We're just going to set you right along your path to do exactly this shit. <laughs> well, and I thought the dreams were interesting because they they were all like the sun and the moon and the well, there, there were always 11, 11 others besides him. There were 12. Right. And you know what? You know what? I've been doing a lot of research on the New Testament and whatnot, and I've really been trying to find the allegories and parallels mm-hmm. in the New Testament to the Old Testament. And you know how Jesus has his 12 brosephs, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they in the New Testament represent Israel like, oh, yeah? as a country, as a whole, as, uh, you know, just Jews in general. Jews. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting that, that all of his dreams had those elements in it. The eleven other, you know, uh, uh, um, children of of Jacob, who represent the children of Israel. Yeah. Well, so this next section uh, that we're going to talk about it spans over a few days, or would span over a few podcasts. We'll have to talk about how we're going to do that because it is one solid story. Um, but it goes from Genesis chapter thirty nine through. Uh, the end of, well, the middle of Genesis chapter 47. Um, so we'll see how we're going to do that. Um, it, it spans about three days in the book, um, three or four days in the book. So we'll have to figure out how exactly we're going to do that. But it is one story. So we're going to talk all about Joseph, Egypt, um, what happened there, Jacob, and all kinds of stuff. Pharaoh talking to uh, Israel. And it's going to be great. Awesome. So I hope that you guys will catch us next time. Um, if you will, please uh, tell me down below in the comments, what would it take to sell your sibling into slavery? You know, I'm an only child. 
But from what I know about people and their siblings, probably not much for most people. Maybe a Klondike bar. <laughs> Klondike. <laughs> I'd sell your ass for a Klondike bar, girl. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So leave your <laughs> comments down below. We would love to read them. And uh, I guess we will uh, see you heathens later. Don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, guys. Bye, y'all.